Alright, welcome back. This is pod number 10? I don't know. I kept losing track. I think this is our 10. This is a special special episode. Congratulations, Jahaya. We did it, man. Made it to the double digits. Um, But welcome back to the show. This is Gumbo, your favorite fantasy football podcast for off-season banter. Um, You know, my name's Ja. Hey, I'm Dugo, like usual. Um, Today, got a couple things that we want to talk about. Um, Sorry for the late upload last week. That's my bad. I was supposed to upload it on Friday, and that didn't end up happening. Um, me and Dugo took a trip down to Chicago from Minneapolis. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a good time. Good time. Yeah. First time in Chicago. So, cool experience. I'll try to be better with it in the future. Um, today's episode, there's a couple things I want to do. I actually want to try this new segment. All right. What, um, what's that all about? So, Tell it's a new it. segment. Check it out. It's called Buy, Hold, or Sell. Okay, so are you talking like three different players, or are you talking like one single player? Would you rather buy, hold, or sell the player? It's a pretty, you know, standard segment, whatever. Um, But there's a bunch of players that have been affected by off-season transition or upcoming contracts. Sure, sure. So one of those players that more recently got traded was Allen Robinson. Okay. From the Bears to the Rams. Yep. Would you buy Allen Robinson, hold Allen Robinson, or sell Allen Robinson if you are his dynasty Dynasty team. Well, I team. just to clear something out, I don't think he got traded there. I think he left there in free agency. I think his contract was up. Yep. So, so um, yep. but regardless, you know, uh, I like Allen Robinson. I think he's a really good receiver. Uh, to that extent, though, I kind of feel like he plays the same role as Cooper Cup already. You think so? A little bit. Like, I feel like they kind of have the same body type. So I think yeah, like when you compare the two, I think they have about the same body type to an extent. Yeah. And like when you see what they're doing on the field, mm-hmm. uh, like when we're watching Allen Robinson's tape, like a lot of the stuff that they're doing are like short, intermediate routes. And the only thing that's different between those two is what Cooper Cup does after the catch. Like Allen Robinson, like he's a little bit more physical, I think. I think Allen Robinson's a bit bigger. Potentially. A little bit taller. Potentially. Uh, Potentially. I think Allen Robinson, his, the majority of his career, one of his best compliments was his physicality. Okay, and, yeah. And, you know, being able to catch the ball at its, at its highest point. So he's always kind of used his physical attributes to his favor. Whereas with Cooper Cup, I think he's just really smooth on routes. He has an amazing chemistry with his quarterback. Right. And he has pretty reliable hands. He'll make any catch anywhere, you know, anytime. So uh, size difference between the two? Uh, two pounds in favor of Allen Robinson. Okay. What about uh, height? Nothing. Literally the same 6'2". Wow, that's crazy. Yep. Maybe I just have, like, maybe it's because of Matthew Berry, calling him his little Cooper Cup. Potentially. I just assumed he was little. But... To an extent, and plus he does play, like, that slot receiver yeah. role, and, yeah, I don't know, you could... I think it's possible to play bigger than your position, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, I mean, they're both good, sizable receivers. Uh, both can play literally the X, Y, Z, whatever you want them to do. So I think uh, I think this is a good pickup. So in regards to the segment, uh, the topic, so buy, sell, or hold. Yep. I would probably, if I could, uh, you know, it, it depends on who has them. Really. Are you buying Allen Robinson stock, selling it? Or would you just leave it as it is if he's already on your roster? Uh, so I would probably, I'd probably hold on Allen Robinson if I have him in fantasy, uh, just because if you had him before and you had him with Justin Fields and everything like that, 
I think he's probably going to increase his value with Matthew Stafford just because he's changing to more of an elite quarterback. He's going to have a much better quarterback. I mean, not 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 quarterback, but system. Well, I think in both cases because, I mean, when you're comparing Andy Dalton and a rookie Justin Fields in a new offense with a failing coach with Matt, Matt Nagy. Yeah, exactly. I would say are... in both retrospects he's upgrading. Um, so I would definitely hold them. Otherwise, like if you could sell them for, let's say like someone wants to over buy, like over sell or overpay for them and you could get like a second or something like that'd be sick. Like I would probably sell them for a second. I would second. sell them if I got a second for them. Yeah. Uh, second or maybe like an early third. But other than that, like I'm, I'm holding this guy if I could. I would hold too. And that's going to be weird because that offense has so many weapons in it. Yeah, I so, th- I mean projecting his target share is going to be tough every week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing I do like though is the way that they were able to balance out uh Robert Woods, OBJ and Cooper Cup, those those three. And then plus they also had Van Jefferson as well. Yep. Uh if you look at what had just happened, they actually just traded away Robert Woods. They so, did to Tennessee. And OBJ hasn't officially signed back anywhere yet. And he's not going to until later in the season. Yeah, so I mean... it's going to be like around training camp or yeah, in so the season. He's, he's going to be a top three on that wide receiver squad regardless. I would even put him on top of Van Jefferson, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like, if you have Allen Robinson going into the season, and then week three they announce Odell is going to sign back and he's going to be back in the lineup in week mm-hmm. ten. Like, that kind of sucks because everyone then knows his value is tanking. So, if if that question of buy, hold, or sell Allen, Allen Robinson was asked to me, I would probably be selling him. And I'd be selling him because I don't know what to expect with L.A., mm-hmm. but I'm sure someone somewhere has high expectations for him. Sure. Or higher expectations. They can see the upside. Mm-hmm. I don't really want much to do with it, and I'd rather just start fresh. So maybe give me a second-round draft pick, mm-hmm. or give me like a RB2 or a tight end that I can use. Like You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that would be my position, so I'm probably a sell on Allen Robinson. Um, but regardless, it'll be interesting to see what he does uh, when he gets to L.A. So Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, who do you got next, man? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan. Um, if I'm... Shoot, man. I'm probably selling that, Ryan, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason for it, I mean, I really like the guy, so it would suck for me to have to let him go. I actually do own him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably sell him, though, just because I feel like there's a little bit of like an uptick value with him going to uh, the Colts. So if I'm able to sell him for a little bit more than what he was worth on uh, the Falcons, just because he does have a much better offensive line, a better running back, Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say po- quite possibly better coaching and uh, definitely a better defense, mm-hmm. which people don't really account for. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. Like I really, I like Matt Ryan. I would probably sell him if I could. You know, I I just think he's obviously getting older, so his arm is becoming more and more of basically spaghetti. Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't know. Like, there's some things in there that like I would really like to get rid of, but I obviously see the value that could come with uh, adding a player like him because you know he could always fill in like that bye week, or he could get you 
you know, like a valuable start if your quarterback goes down. Like he is a, I think he's probably going to be like a top 18 quarterback this year, which probably isn't great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's better than having to bank off of someone in free agency. He's going to be a bi-week filler, kind of. Right. You know, what I'll say to anybody thinking about Matt Ryan's value is consider how you value Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. So, with Derek Carr, I mean, he has a little bit of rushing upside because he's willing to scramble sometimes. But sure. he has a ton of weapons this year. Waller, Renfro, Adams, Jacobs, Josh McDaniels. Coming in, coaching the offense, basically. Yep. I think he's he's a slight little bump in value. Yep. But I'm not ranking Matt Ryan ahead of Derek Carr. No. I'm putting him in the tier maybe below that. Yeah. So if you have Derek Carr as like QB ten this year, I'd probably put Matt Ryan closer to like fourteen ish. Fourteen, fifteen. Fourteen to fifteen. I could, yeah, I could probably see something like that. Yeah, and you know he could be a cool late quarterback that you could steal towards the end of the draft and he can put up his stable 16 18 points a week if you have positional players like a jefferson or a jonathan taylor or jamar chase to give you 20 25 30 every week right right so. yeah i like that so you know like let's play gm here quick so yep. if you're if, if you're trying to get like a quarterback like matt ryan what is like something of value that you think would be comparable to trade for <sighs> Probably like a tight end too. So like a backup tight end. Sure. sure. Or I would say shit. A defense. <laughs> a defense, a fifth, something not much better. Or give me a fifth give me a fourth. If you offer me a fourth, yeah. I'd I'd probably do it. I think a fourth is probably good for Matt Ryan, yeah. Yeah. Because you can still find gems in the fourth. You I think Ramondre Stevenson went around the fourth. Elijah Mitchell, nice. I think went towards the end of the third or the beginning of the fourth. So good stuff. Yeah, you can always find those. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you got next, man? DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Uh, you know I'm, I'm either buying him or I'm I'm holding. Man, I really like him. I think he's always going to be that number one in that Panther system, and I do have a little bit of a feeling that they're going to be getting rid of. Uh, Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, regardless of who their quarterback is, a number one wide receiver is always a number one wide receiver. So, as of as it is right now, on, it seems like they're going to be having a different quarterback starting. So, whether that's Malik Willis or whether that's Kenny Pickett, whether that's whoever it is, I, I like him with DJ Moore just because I like what DJ Moore can do once he has the ball in his hands. Like you, you can almost utilize him like a Debo Samuel if you wanted to in that system because of the way he's built. Man. So I, I like I like him. So I'm probably buying him or if you got him, hold him because I think he's going to be doing some special things this year. I agree. I would buy, 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 buy. Um, Max, not my credit card on that. Mm-hmm. If DJ, think about it like this. DJ Moore is 24 as of this recording. He'll be 25 when the season starts. Yep. He's pretty much kind of just entering that. Typically, you know, like we'll see the peak seasons of a wide receiver. Yeah. Between 25 to 28, 29 is usually when you get the best of, like, Cooper Cup's 27, I think. Mm-hmm. Tay's around 27. Tyreek Hill's 26, 27. Yep. Um, so that's where we kind of start to see players ascend is around 25. And in terms of dynasty, he's probably always going to be a wide receiver too until he has that physical maybe drop-off, whenever okay. that's going to be. 
I think DJ Moore runs routes well. He is very aware of what's going on on the field. If you watch him in a game, he's quick to slide to the ground before he gets hit, mm-hmm. if it makes sense. And he's also a target hog. Like, he had 163 targets last year. Mm-hmm. That probably top five in the NFL. Damn near, yeah. Whoever comes in, if they get a new quarterback this year, is going to look at DJ Moore as... If they get a new quarterback this year, him and DJ Moore are going to be best friends. I Yeah, I'm assuming so. They just signed DJ Moore to a three-year extension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's going to keep getting he's the gotta targets. He's got to be an integral part. They're paying him to be. Yep. Yeah, so, I like that. I like that. Would you say buyer or hold or? I I absolutely buy. I mean, like I he's definitely gonna blow up. I think I I like where he's at. He's still like you're alluding to. He's still really young. Mm-hmm. I really like all of his traits, his attributes. Um, I yes, buy him if you can. Uh, you know, obviously know his worth. Do some research if you're gonna buy him, but. I, I think he's worth every penny once you do acquire him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got another one that might be kind of tricky, though. Okay. Uh, tell me, would you buy, hold, or sell Darnell Mooney of sell. the Bears? Sell. 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 He's 24. Had a pretty productive season last year. He was wide receiver 23 he's last year. He's on the year. Bears. All right. Sell. I'm probably selling, too. I'm selling, too. I don't trust Justin Fields. You know, I, 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 it's not him. I just, he has some decent upside. Like, when we're watching him, like, against the Packers and stuff, like, mm-hmm. it's always pretty dank. Like, he'll always make, like, at least, like, one or two dank catches. But I just feel like all that is because, like, the Packers are typically up a little bit more. And, like, you know how, like, things just kind of, like, happen at, like, the end of games and stuff. And that's typically when that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. It's, like, in lesser crucial moments of the game. So, I don't know, man. Like, as long as he's on the Bears and as long as, I don't know, I I think think that's a good sell for me. I I would get rid of him. I think he's a top 24 wideout next year. But I could sell him off for a potential late first at his current standing. I think his value right now is sky high because Justin Fields is coming in. We've only seen him with Justin Fields for a limited time. Everyone hated Matt Nagy running that offense. So now we're going to get Matt Eberflus. Like, there's a lot of potential there. And so with Darnell Mooney, he's probably going to be the wide receiver one there. I think the other two receivers they have on the roster planning to start are Byron Pringle, who they signed from the Chiefs, and Daz Newsom, who's coming. He, he was with the Bears last year, too. Sure. So even if they go draft someone in the draft, I think Darnell Mooney could be... A top 24 wideout. I was going to say, did you see, like, there's a little bit of hype around them trying to trade up so they can get Chris Olave for him? Like, that'd be kind of crazy. Like, I would actually prefer that. I would prefer... They popped off together at uh, Ohio State. So, yeah. I think, like, that'd be a great matchup to have. But at the end of the day, for some reason, there's just some things about, like, Darnell Mooney that I just don't love. I think, like, he does have some drop issues, I think. I truly do think so. So... Uh, I don't know if that's just, like, obviously, like, when I'm watching him, a lot of it is, like, during the Packers and stuff, because I won't watch the Bears otherwise. Yeah. Um, But I'm not sure if the Packers are always just, like, really well defending him or something, but it just mm-hmm. seems like a lot of those targets that he gets, he doesn't complete. And so, that, I, I don't know if I'd call it a drop issue. Well, I mean, like, sometimes but... I feel like he has the position to get a catch, but it just doesn't end up. 
Like so, at some at some point, you kind of gotta be a man and make something happen. I mean, you, it, you, it differs. Want, Look at who's it. throwing him the football the last two years. So you're talking about was Mitch Trubisky playing the year before last year? Yeah. So Mitch Trubisky, Andy Dalton, and then Justin Fields and a system that doesn't fit his skill set. Sure. Yep. It's all been terrible targets. So he had 140 targets last year and only had 81 receptions. Yep. Which means regardless of what happened, 60 balls that went his way didn't end up, you know, in his in his catches or whatever in his stat sheet. Mm-hmm. So that is a little bit concerning. I think it gets better with Justin Fields, but I'm not too worried if they go out and draft another rookie receiver because even if that does happen, Darnell Mooney is one of the top two options. He's still going to get quality looks because he's also not going to have to be worried about playing or being shadowed by Jalen Ramsey or Stephon Gilmore or whoever it may be. Someone else can take the pressure off of him and he can go do his work. Yep. He's elite enough and good enough to go against, you know, the best cornerback on any team. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it help him if he won against the second best continually? Potentially. You know what I mean? Kind of like how T. Higgins goes against the second best or third best DB because they have well, so many weapons. Yeah, quite possibly. But I mean, like depending on which side of the field, he could be playing against the number one. True. It's obviously just percentage. You don't True. know who's trailing who. If there is any trailing or if they're just playing sides of the field, like it obviously does depend on the defense. There's some people who are trap or who are tracking, other people aren't. Like it, it's hit or miss. So, and that's something that concerns me with certain players. So. I'll say once again, like, I'm selling Darnell Mooney. But when it comes to shadow coverage, I mean, if you're A.J. Brown, you see shadow coverage all the time. You don't have any other weapons on your team. Well, I mean, last year he had Julio, but it was obviously a very limited Julio. But you're right. A.J. Brown is going to get shadowed. Amari Cooper next year is going to get shadowed. Like, all the teams that only have maybe one good receiver, typically they're just going to go ahead and game plan around that receiver and eliminate your whole pass game. Yep. So even if Darnell, if he's the best receiver on that team, then naturally you have to place him in the top tier levels of receivers because of targets and because of target share. But if he gets someone else to come compliment him on the other side of the field, mm-hmm. I think it helps both of them. Um, and I, I'm not one to knock a player just because his team drafts another receiver. Mm-hmm. I, I'll never downgrade a receiver primarily because of that unless they're like a top 10 to 20 receiver because then they're kind of like on that borderline of being either a one or a two and so when it comes to receiving rooms like if there's no one else in the room to take away targets and there's one other guy in the room who's good fine by me you feel me like i mean to an extent i mean obviously there's some exceptions like when you look at i think I, this may fit your exact situation with you, what you just said, but I mean, let's take Cincinnati for example. When they had Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, who was what in his like just mm-hmm. got done with his first year, and then they go and bring in Jamar Chase, which he did end up to be the top fifteen, top ten wide receiver. So obviously, like to your exception, um, you know, like yeah, he definitely did take away receptions from T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Yep. But all of them were able to eat. Yeah. All of them were able to get into. I think all of them are within like the top thirty or thirty-five. I think for wide receivers. I so, believe so. But I mean, like that's obviously an offense that complemented all three though, and the Bears, 
I mean, even with one wide receiver, you can see that they can't really do that. <laughs> but, I mean, they had Allen Robinson last year, too, who was probably stealing some receptions from him because he's more of a vet. That's fair. So, That's fair. I, you, you never know. Like, if he's going to be the number one there, you, you could see maybe that uh, the targets go up to, like, the 170, 180 range. Yeah. And so, we... I don't know, with that, like, if you can sell him high, which I would sell him regardless just because he's on the fucking Bears. Mm-hmm. But I think he could be a really good trade, uh, a, a good person to kind of uh, pawn off because I think you can sell him for you a little can, bit more. You can get him for a first rounder, maybe. Yeah, depending on who, you, uh, who you're trading him to. Who, who you're selling who, who him to. Who's in him, but all that. You're going to get something of value in return. You're not going to get... At least a second. At least, like, an early second, I'd say. Yeah. Somebody trading you for Darnell Mooney right now. Mm-hmm. They are big on Darnell Mooney. They're buying Darnell Mooney. Yeah, if they're buying them, they're buying them because they believe in the. They Bears. believe in the upside, so yeah. you can you can negotiate. Mm-hmm. Don't never shut down the negotiation in your trade offers. Yeah, always try to negotiate and send a counter back that maybe helps you a little bit mm-hmm. and meet somewhere in the middle. For sure, but don't be afraid of negotiating in trades. Like mm-hmm. you can say no to something, but if they have somebody that you might like to pick up or get after, like. You can have a conversation about it. That's fair. So, um, Dugo will tell you how big of a trader I am in our league. Yeah, he, he tries to trade literally anything. Every week. For any sort of value. I'm trying to flip he, Antonio he Gibson for a reach, first. So, it gets annoying. Antonio um, Gibson is worth the first. I would not. Personally, I wouldn't. I have the 110 and I wouldn't trade him for the 110. Wow. Personally. You probably, do you believe in Antonio Gibson? Like, do you think that he could be an RB1 in a year? Uh, not necessarily. Just because, like, we're reading through the Twitter sphere today and we're seeing that the commanders are starting to get some uh, top-tier running back uh, rookies to come visit. Uh, for example, uh, Kenneth Walker III vis- is going to be visiting this Friday. So, it makes me think that maybe the commanders are losing a little bit of hope or they think that they need to have a three running back system or maybe a two running back system without Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Is, is his contract up next year? Uh, it's either going to be coming up or like, I think like they have like those two op. I think he has an option year in there. Um, regardless of what his contract is, I think regardless he's on contract this year. I think he has another, he has two more years, I believe. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, regardless, like, I think, fantasy-wise, he's still going to be getting some good carries. Uh, he could, I, you could still plug him in as an RB2 um, in flex, even, like, if they were to get, like, a Kenneth Walker or something. I still think he's going to be getting his carries. Yeah. But Kenneth Walker, I would say, is probably the most pure running, like, the most pure runner in this class. So I feel like that covers the role that, Antonio Gibson does like he isn't much of like a. I just don't think that they would make him a backup. Like, what sense does that make? Like, wouldn't you at least want to get something of value for him? Like, if you're not going to use him, then at least sell him. Maybe, but who's trading for a running back though? That like in these years, like people aren't trading for running backs. I mean, like if you need something, like you just wait till they become free agents or you draft one. Yeah, like so if you if you have a steal at the position already financially, Antonio Gibson. And his second year is already a star. Like, everyone agrees he's a focal point of that offense, whether you like him for fantasy or not. But if he's giving you that much value out of that position, why are you wasting early draft capital to go get someone else at that position? 
I don't know, man. Like some people just look at the offense different differently than what you do. I mean, That's obviously, fair. you're an Antonio Gibson holder. You have all the upside in the world, and obviously, the coaches they should be thinking the same thing. Yeah, and you have but other positions. But if to they're fill. saying something, if they're seeing something different than what you are, and like obviously they have a trained eye, they have all the stuff that goes into what they do. I don't know, like, sometimes, like, they're just, like, shoot, like, this guy might not pan out, and they're trying to get their safety, not just in case, and if they got, like, an extra second or something, that's easy enough. There's 11 positions on a football team? Mm, 22, or 24, 29, or 25. There's 11 positions on the offense? Yes. Yep. I'm sorry. There's 11... Players, that players are on, the on the offense. There are eleven positions to fill on the offense. If you, if your running back is the second best thing on that offense between him and Terry McLaurin, in terms of talent, why would you waste a second round pick on another running back when you need offensive line help? You could use another receiver on your team. Well, I think you just kind of said it. Like, maybe they just don't believe in him. Like, what if they But think- even then, like, he's still obviously productive enough. And if you don't believe in him, you also just signed J.D. McKissick to a new deal. Mm-hmm. You just paid for a running back. Yeah. What sense would it make for that team to go out and say, oh, let's go spend a second round pick on Kenneth Walker? Well, because maybe they believe in him more. Yeah, and then you're opening up a whole can of worms because then... Gibson's going to want to get... I think they have to do the due justice because they're drafting around the position in which he's projected to go. Mm-hmm. And, like, as a business, you have to do right by your business and keep your mind open to everything. Mm-hmm. But I I wouldn't pay too much hype or too much attention to visits. Um, I know Chris Alave is also going to the Commanders. Right. And he's supposed to be there for two days. I think Kenneth Walker's supposed to be there for maybe, like, a day. So if that tells me anything, it tells me that they honestly are really looking at Chris Olave and they sure, want to use but those those guys are draft or are slated to draft in completely different places Chris Olave in the early to mid first and then you look at Kenneth Walker who is slated for that mid second I think they're doing their due justice so, with Kenneth Walker because he's a great player you're right he, Reg- he regardless is, yeah regardless he's a great player and he's going to be on their draft board but with Chris Olave, I think it shows that there's a little bit more intention with it. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, like, if you're thinking of Chris Olave on the Commanders, I I don't know how much I love that. Opposite of Terry McLaurin? I don't know how much I love that. Now with Carson Wentz as the quarterback. Bro, you have to give him weapons. That would help him. You don't want to deprive him of weapons and take away a whole... A big part of it's, your offense. It's not the weapons thing to me, Jahai. It's the way that he is as a quarterback. I don't like the way that he... So you're not going to give him better weapons to play with? You're going to give him worse? You're going to maintain? Look, dude... Like, if you know oh, he's bad, why wouldn't you go get him more better holy receivers? Holy shit, dude. I'm talking about as a systematic level, I wouldn't have him on my fucking team. Well, they do. Okay, well, what I'm saying is you should do something else to help him out. Like, get him a top-tier running back. So when he can't get him the fucking ball and he's throwing the interceptions left and right, at least you got a good safety. Not, and you're not handing it off to Antonio Gibson, who's just going to get you three yards of fucking carry. Antonio Gibson. At best. At best. Antonio Gibson's last game of the season was a, he had 150 rushing yards. Whoa, who was it against? Um, Let me see. Was it against a team who kind of threw it in for the season? 
Wow, you just don't like Antonio Gibson. Holy shit, you're, you're, you're buying onto it, Jai. Wow. It was against the Giants. Where were the Giants at last year? They were bad. They weren't good. It's like they had like a top five and a top seven pick or something like that. Yeah, it was it's, the last game of the week is the divisional game. So they played the Giants. Uh, but regardless, like I think Antonio Gibson, he's good. They have J.D. McGissick, who does all the things that they don't think he can. So at that position, I'm not too worried about Kenneth Walker. But if I have Antonio Gibson, I'm probably trying to sell right now. Oh, most definitely. Because Antonio Gibson, as much as I do think he's good, and I don't agree with Dugo on all his takes, I do think that Antonio Gibson could probably sell for a first right now. And with that first, you could go get someone who maybe doesn't have a J.D. McKissick attached to his hip. Potentially, man, yeah. I mean, obviously, you should go get someone of more value if you can. If you can. And I think that when those middling wide receiver one, wide receiver two players have any kind of hype around them or they have value and you can go pick early in the first round and get a generational type of guy, like, why not go do that? So that's mm-hmm. that's my take on it. I'm signing Antonio Gibson. I, I'm assuming you are too. Yeah, I, yeah, I was selling them to begin with. And my last one is uh, Dalvin Cook with the Vikings. Uh, you know, I'm probably holding them just because we, wherever. Actually, yeah, I'm probably holding them for at least a couple more years. Okay. I, I like him regardless of where he goes. If he's staying on the Vikings, I know he's supposed to be a lesser cap hit if they were to drop him or something mm-hmm. or try to trade him. So I think maybe, uh, I think wherever he goes, if he's on the Vikings or not, I think he's still going to give you about top 10 running back uh, material yep. as far as dynasty and yep. fantasy. Yep. So I think you still got to yep. hold on to that. Um, and I, I you know, he obviously has Alexander Madison in the backfield with the Vikings. Uh, he's coming up on a contract as well, so they really are going to have to make a decision on who they want to go with. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think I think you're going to see them go with Delvin Cook and probably get rid of Madison. I could be completely wrong with that as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what's going to happen. Um, and... The Vikings, they tend to run a lot because, obviously, Kirk Cousins can't throw it every time. That's fair. So, I don't know. I like, I like Dalvin Cook. He also is a really big playmaker, as we've seen as well. I mean... He's an elite fan. He's a top five fantasy player. Yeah. When he's healthy. Last yeah, when year, he's healthy. That's, that's been his problem. Last year, he was on the COVID list. He had a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. He played in 13 games. A lot of those games, he didn't even see... As many, like, some games he had, like, 13 carries, 13 touches. Right. Yeah, because they're down early, which you know. sucks, which sucks. But he he makes do with those carries. Like, he typically does a, enough, like, fantasy-wise for you. Like, he'll typically get you around, like, 60 yards a game, it seems like. Like, he won't ever give you, like, a huge zero. Yep. So, I don't know. Like, that's always nice. Like, it's a good safety net out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, Delvin Cook. I'm holding him. Uh, what what would you uh, finalize with him? I would probably. I'd prop ah. It's a I hard hold. one. Yeah. I hold. That's a safe bet, and I don't want to say anything crazy because I need I need to prove to you guys that I know something about fantasy football. Yeah, I so mean, I'm not gonna tell you to sell Dalvin Cook. Don't sell Dalvin Cook. Hold or should even buy. 
if you think you can get him kind of cheap. The interesting part about that, though, like, when I do think about it, they just drafted that kid from uh, Iowa State last year. Uh, Are you talking about Alexander Madison? No, he was from Boise State, but... Are you talking about Kenny Nwangu? Yeah, uh, yeah, Nwango, I think is his last name. Um, he's Nwango. a running back out of Iowa State. He's, like, a speedster. Like, he was their, uh, kick returner last year. Yep. And he took one to the house. Like, this guy's, like, extremely fast. Okay. So, it kind of makes me think that they have a steal with him as well with Madison. So, what if, like, they do want to just get younger and what if they, I don't know. But, like I said, like I said, I think he's going to be... Delvin Cook, I would I would hold him, or if not, try to buy him low if he could. Honestly, I'm holding Delvin Cook until he retires. Yeah, he's he's a great he's gonna retire back. on my team. He's a great running back. Mm-hmm. I would I'd keep him for sure. There's no value that I'll ever feel comfortable selling him for a first, bro. Two firsts. I don't know if I consider it. Uh, I would probably do it for like a first right now. If I like, if I could. Mm-hmm. If I could get like a top three running back in this class, but that well, it depends on what, where the first are. Then, as you say, like value, like yeah. if it's gonna be a one six this year and a one eight next year, why the fuck did I give you Dalvin Cook? Like I'm not getting a top three running back at the six of the eight. No, I wouldn't even trade you two first for him. That's the thing. Exactly, and I wouldn't accept it. So, like the thing is, he's so talented, and he's gonna have talent. Regardless of where he plays, he could go to Jacksonville next year, and he would still be a top tier running back because of his like ability to not only catch the ball but also run it pretty well too. Yeah, he's, he's shown the league like what he can do. That's true, dude. That would screw up Travis Etienne's uh, profile immensely, though. I hope that doesn't happen. Hypothetically, but, <laughs> yeah, you, you feel me? Or even if he went to like the Dolphins, right? Like imagine him down there with Tua. Like Dalvin Cook with the Dolphins would still be. Dalvin Cook. I mean, I, I I don't know if he'd be going to the Do- Dolphins just because they just signed Chase Edmonds. Uh, to a two-year deal. Yeah, to a two-year deal, yeah. It's like but, 14 mil. Right. Maybe. Who knows, man? Like, anyone could do anything. The Packers for, could fucking sign up for all we know. Shit, you never know. Lions. Like, bro, anywhere he goes, he's still Dalvin Cook. Right. That doesn't change for me any time in the next two to three years. Unless injuries. That's the only possible thing that would put me off of Dalvin is I know he had a shoulder injury this year so not a big deal mm-hmm. the last couple of seasons he has been relatively healthy but there was a point in Dalvin Cook's at least fantasy career in which he he was injury prone mm-hmm. he was injury prone and Alexander Madison has always his value solely comes because of that Alexander Madison is the backup running back on the Minnesota Vikings he finishes like wide receiver 39 last year, I think. Okay. But he had a couple pop-off games where when he got 75% snap share or more, he was putting up RB1 RB1 numbers. He mm-hmm. had games of like 18, 19, 20 points. Mm-hmm. So, I think that... I guess I say all that to say, Dalvin is so valuable that I don't believe I'll ever... Unless you give me three first, or you, like, just give me something too crazy that I just can't turn down. Like, you give me, like, five draft picks, and you throw in, like, Calvin Ridley, who comes back next year. Mm-hmm. Like, he has to be one of the most highly viewed players in fantasy, and his price tag has to match that. Regardless of, because people will play the age game in Dynasty when they want to cheapen a trade. 
Yeah, and I think that very well could suit the Dalvin Cook trade because he is getting older. Um, like obviously, like I don't know, man. Like you can, like how much would you have to sell to get uh, Derrick Henry nowadays? D Henny relative to Dalvin Cook, relatively the same. So you think about two first? Maybe a little bit more than Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean. I don't know, man. Like, I don't. I would feel more comfortable giving up two firsts for D. Honey than I would Delvin Cook personally. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I would say like maybe like a first and like a third or something for Cook. But why is that? Because they're relatively the same age. I think um, Dalvin Cook is twenty six. The reason for that is because I think the Titans are typically a better team. Derek's twenty eight. I would say that because the Titans are typically a, uh, I think a better team. Uh, I think that they do rely on running a little more. Yes. Yeah, uh, just too. because, like, when you look at the Vikings' uh, wide receiver options, it's definitely a lot better. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, I I just think, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know why I even brought up D. Honey, but I would just. I'm really jealous that you get to enjoy Derrick Henry. Yeah. And I, you get it, to enjoy his career. Yeah, it's great, man. I would just say, I would say it. D. Honey is more valuable. I mean, but to what extent you could, I mean, it's to each their own. It is to each their own. And like, that's the beautiful thing about fantasy is that we're basically all just running in our own businesses. Right. Um, we do things differently. Um, some of us are super aggressive. Some of us want to wait and see kind of how it plays out. And that's the cool thing about trades and um, just the whole sport in general. So glad you guys are here checking us out. Follow us on Instagram because we got to get ours, like our socials up a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So if you have Instagram, follow us at the Gumbo Pod. So the Gumbo Pod. Twitter. Gumbo Pod. Gumbo Pod. Um, and uh, like, let us know. Like, comment at us, reply to shit, and let us know like what you think. So we appreciate you guys. There's a couple things I think I want to just touch base on super quick. Yeah, what's going um, on? Stefan Diggs signed an extension with the Bills. Yeah, I think that's huge. Uh, Josh Allen's going to love that. He yeah. uh, he he did a post on Twitter about it. He yeah. commented yes. He seems this, happy about it. This was a super interesting contract because it's going to tie Stefan Diggs there until I, like 2026, 2027. I think so. I think in total it's supposed to be like a six-year contract. I think with the years he has left on this contract he's currently on, and then the four that were added on. Mm-hmm. So I think six in total. Yeah. So I basically like when I was listening to the Pat McAfee show, I guess like the deal is supposed to tie him there until his retirement. So he's going to retire in Buffalo. So congratulations to him. Fuck yeah. Obviously for getting one last bag. It's and a he might get a ring. Bag. He very well could get a ring and a lot of fucking bonuses with that, I bet. Bro, so Brandon Bean is being, like, Twitter was going crazy with, like, pictures of Brandon because, like, they're like, yo, this is the greatest GM of all time. He, he He's really trying to make a case for it, man. He's going out for everything. But he was able to, it was two birds, one stone. Mm-hmm. Because what happened is he got to lock up his best receiver for his cornerstone quarterback. Yep. So forever it'll be Diggs and Allen. Yep. But also, if you look at the deals that Devontae and Tyreek Hill got, mm-hmm. they were really, really big deals. And they were starting to break 
the wide receiver market. Mm-hmm. So if you look at even Tay, he was in a situation in which he was a star receiver in Green Bay. He was a top five receiver in Green Bay. And going to the Raiders, I predict Devontae is probably going to be around wide receiver seven, eight, nine, maybe ten. Um, he has more targets taken away his target share, like Hunter Renfro, like Darren Waller. Um, I'm sure with Josh McDaniels, they're going to be passing to their running backs a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, don't sleep on uh, you know Josh Jacobs as well. I think he's yeah. going to be primed for a really good season with mm-hmm. Mike or with Josh McDaniels. I think so too, as a coach too. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah I I Tay probably not number one anymore. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, I. I kind of have a hunch he might even slip down into like the twelve, you like think 12 so? or thirteen. I mean, just because he has Renfro, Waller, the touchdown potential. Zay Jones, I think is wait no Zay Jones is down in Miami. No, he's now. not. But they have Brian Edwards. Yep, they got yeah they got a couple other guys, man. So I don't know. Like I just think he's gonna slip a little bit, but you know, mm-hmm. still very much a top tier receiver. Yeah, and those the quality of targets. Derek right. Carr is a great quarterback, but Rodgers is he's just Elite. different. Yeah, so. That'll be interesting to see. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about before we get off here today is I want to talk about doing a mock draft. Sure. Um, so I was thinking that we could maybe exit this episode and then do a separate episode in which we kind of go, you know, one, let's say the first two rounds of a mock draft. For sure. Are you talking like a mock draft, like a rookie mock draft? A rookie uh, mock draft for Dynasty Leagues who might be drafting and coming rookie soon. Perfect, so like a 1 through 10 or a 1 through 20, basically? Yeah. So do, do the first 20 picks. Um, just to kind of give people a, a reference, because mm-hmm. a lot of drafts do happen after the NFL draft. Yeah. Some leagues might draft in August, and some people like to get right to it so they can manage their roster through the training camp. For sure. For um, sure. So if you're drafting in May or any time around then, you might want to start getting a scope as to who's going to be available. Like, mm-hmm. we're already in April. You need to start figuring out who you're going to have an opportunity at. Yep. And who would be someone that you're willing to somewhat reach for. Right. Because maybe they're undervalued um, based off of where they landed in the yep. draft. Yep. So there is a lot that goes into it. And I think that this is the time in which you really got to start applying yourself and making sure that you're giving it the best, the best, the best knack you can. Because this player mm-hmm. ideally is going to be on your team for 10 years. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's a cornerstone of your team that's going to ultimately, like, be a large reason why you win a championship. For sure, man. Yeah, you got to draft well, and you obviously got to make some good acquisitions to uh, make it to the Shiva. So, you know, I I think it's super important. And um, let's do it. Fuck it. Let's do a top 20 mock draft. Cool. So, we'll record it here. We'll do, like, a separate episode you guys can listen to. Um. Thank you for listening. My name is Ja. I'm Dugo. We'll be right back at you. Um, feel free to click over to the next episode and follow us on the socials um, at the Gumbo Pod. Gumbo Pod, baby. Appreciate Gumbo you listening. Yep.